All right, it is 9.15, so let's get started. Um, as we're getting um, seated, um, we started, uh, before we pray and get going, we'll just take a couple minutes. Uh, we started a tradition last week, and uh, let's see how it goes this week. Uh, just want to ask, uh, any opportunities people had this week for spiritual conversations? Um, and again, I'm not saying uh, full gospel presentation necessarily, although that's great if that happened. But uh, what's uh, it, it was just encouraging last week to hear just the context that you all have had and uh, the opportunities you all have had, or at least that you're thinking about and praying about. So any of those you want to share uh, this morning? All right. Not this week, apparently. And that's okay. That's, sometimes that happens, right? Um, there's people on our radar, uh, people we're thinking about. Sometimes we get an opportunity and sometimes we don't. Um, but the key is uh, we're always ready and we're always, uh, we're always looking. So let's go ahead and pray to that end and we'll get started talking uh, more about uh, evangelism. Father, we thank you for your gospel. We thank you for your grace and your kindness towards us, Lord, that is so abundant, uh, that is beyond um, anything that we could ask or think. Lord, we thank you for the people that you you have um, placed in our lives that uh, that we have connections with, and Lord, we do want to speak to them of the truth. I pray, um, just thank you for um, thank you for uh, the people that we are around. Pray that you would help us even this week, um, just to um, to see people to be able to talk with them um, even a little bit, oh Lord God, and pray that you would have mercy on them as you've had mercy on us and that you would grant repentance and knowledge of you. Um, bless our time as we talk more about evangelism this morning. Um, please help us, oh Lord God, we ask in your name. Amen. All right, so today is chapter two in our little red book uh, on evangelism by J. Mac Stiles. Um, so uh, let's, uh, we want to capture the main ideas of what the author is talking about. We want to discuss ideas. Remember uh, what you guys underlined, uh, had questions about, disagreed with. We talked to even about that last week. It was fruitful, right, to talk about last week persuasion. What does it mean to persuade? How do we understand that, right? So make sure you're bringing those things up. That's good um, so that we can talk about it. So chapter two titles A Culture of Evangelism, and he used that phrase even in the introduction, um, so uh, this is, he's trying to flesh that out a little bit more. Uh, what does he kind of start with in this chapter uh, in, his, in his discussion on, um, on evangelism? What's he talk about? Before that first kind of, before the section heading an Easter pageant program, what's he, what's he talking about in those pages? Things that stuck out to you? What's, what's his main thrust? What's that? Yeah, partnership. So he talks about um, this idea that when we talk about evangelism, we often think in terms of an individual. I have a one-on-one -on -one encounter with someone, and that's good, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, he kind of brings up this idea of, of partnership. And what, is, what are some of the things he say about partnership in evangelism, at least there initially? What's his idea about it? What's he mean by, by partnership? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're doing something together, right? Like he talks about this idea of doing things with friends, and that helps. Uh, so he has like these bullet points on page 43. He says, you know, um, think of the benefits of communal, he kind of uses that language, communal evangelism. Uh, we hold one another accountable, we strengthen our mutual resolve, we learn from one another. We rejoice together in the success and cry together in failure. We bond through shared experience in intense um, situations, right? So he kind of is trying to transition this idea from, yes, we do have individual one-on-one -on -one encounters in evangelism, but we don't need to think about it that way. Uh, he's trying to transition us into thinking in terms of a communal uh, effort, okay? Uh, any other kind of underlines, questions, or ideas that just sparked your interest on those, uh, you know, 41 through 43. Mm-hmm.
Sure. Right. And we, even when we went through Philippians, you know, I was thinking about this. We started Philippians, we're coming up on a year ago when we started Philippians. It's just kind of incredible to think about that. But you remember uh, the key theme, partnership in the proclamation of the gospel. And that's exactly what this is about, right? This idea of communal evangelism. So then he talks about, uh, he kind of talks about communal evangelism, and then he talks about the idea of programs, right? Like, when we think about communal evangelism, we can we can think about let's do some sort of program together, right? That is one way we could think about doing communal evangelism. And then he talks about this Easter pageant kind of uh, situation. So, and, and he kind of uses it by, to critique. Um, what's, what's his point in that section with the, the Easter pageant? Didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it did, it, it wasn't that it was totally worthless, right? Uh, and the aim was good, right? The aim was good. Um, we want to reach the community. We want people to hear the gospel. Um, and, but then you see, like, there's, there's all this effort. There's all this time. It built, it did build community in the team. The problem was it was just uh, in terms of fruit, or at least fruit that you could kind of see people being converted, right? Um, maybe one or two, right? So when we find churches, it means they're not that Yeah. It's a key principle, right, and um, that there are certain things that we're mandated to do, and a lot of the things we're mandated to do are broad, right? Make disciples of every nation, go make disciples of every nation, baptizing them and teaching them. That's our mission. We can't deviate from the mission, but um, there's a lot of different ways that can be accomplished, so there's wisdom in that, and so sometimes we do things like, uh, you know, an outreach event like this, or we start up a certain ministry. We do something like equipping hour, a children's equipping hour, right? Those are all kind of wisdom strategies. The programs are wisdom strategies that we're saying, well, let's try this to see if we can accomplish that. But we're not mandated to do a children's equipping hour. We're not even mandated to do an adult equipping hour. We are mandated to preach every Sunday and exposit, exposit the word and sing and do those sorts of things and to do the ordinances. Um, but there, there's flexibility there, and there's got to be, we have to have that mindset that uh, if there's a program and it's like, okay, this worked now, oh, it's not working so well now, that's okay, let's shut it down and let's re-strategize. And that's okay, right, because you have to have that mindset, what's the aim? Uh, you don't want to get tied to the structure, you want to get tied to the aim, right? Dan. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. So there's an aspect of. We don't know all the, uh, you can't just go, and he did talk about that in chapter one, right? You can't go by sheer numbers. And yet, here's the other factor that he brought in. There's a couple things. The number of years it was done, and are we seeing, like, someone becomes a member, like, comes into the church, uh, becomes a member of the church. Hey, uh, we would kind of expect over time, 
that there would be at least um, some, some, some people that we talk to and we see, this is how this outreach affected me, it got me connected. Um, and you do hear people doing that. So it's not, it's not totally worthless. Here's the other dynamic, uh, the money and the time, right? So there's economics in a broad sense is acknowledges that humans have limited resources, limited resources in terms of time, money, that sort of thing. Economics is all about how do we best allocate those resources in a strategic way to do what we're called to do, right? So in that sense, right, you look at a program and how much effort's going into it, how much effort in terms of time and money. Uh, we want to be good stewards of these things. And yeah, there's a limitation. We can't see everything as far as what God's doing. But there, yeah. Right. Or judgment calls. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some of that, right? We acknowledge that. Um, there, it's interesting. Uh, there was a similar situation in um, Faith Bible Church Spokane. They had this program called Shoot for the Sun, and it was a basketball program, and they would have it, and lots of people would come, and the kids would come, and the parents would come, and they would have a gospel presentation and all of it, but then what ended up happening, what you could see is, oh, these folks are just coming for the basketball practice, and like the parents would sit in the car during the message. And so those are just clues, right? And then it's a judgment call, right? Like, and again, similar to what happened here, the elders decided to shut it down because it's not actually doing what it's accomplishing to do. And it's not just one measure, right? It's always a judgment call. Like uh, we look at several things, eh, it doesn't seem like this is doing what we want it to do, right? Um, what does he advocate for instead? So Rather than, we, you know, we can get excited about programs, um, and, and that's not necessarily bad, right? It's not ba bad or wrong. We want to be strategic with that. But what does he get really excited about? Um, in distinction to a, a program-oriented focus, what is his focus? Yeah, interpersonal. Yeah, culture of evangelism, which is what he um, uh, starts talking about. Uh, in on page 47. So what does he start, uh, describe some of the things he starts to say about a culture of evangelism. What do we mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, shared vision, shared goals, shared mindset. He says this, right, culture, uh, this is on page 47, um, First sentence in the second paragraph, culture certainly has to do with shared ideas, shared language, uh, and shared understanding of how to act, right? You could, uh, culture happens at multiple levers. There's a P Pacific Northwest culture. What's one of the aspects of Pacific Northwest culture? Okay, individualism, sure. That's kind of an American culture thing at large, right, in a large sense, uh, but Pacific Northwest culture, what do you think about? Coffee, Coffee. yeah, right. Uh, um, and mountains and green, I mean, but outdoorsy sort of stuff, right? You can, you can kind of peg some of those key elements of a shared culture. Even if we were to think about our church, our specific church, um, what are, we have a shared culture. We do, right? We functionally do. What are some of the things that we have as a culture right now of our church? It's friendly. We do have a culture of friendliness, which is awesome, right? I'm always uh, proud to, to tell people we have a friendly church. If you're going to, I was talking to someone on, over the phone. I said, hey, we'd love to have you visit our church. Just know you're going to get mobbed by people uh, wanting to know you. And that's good, right? That's a good aspect of culture. Uh, but that's, that's what culture is. So he's just trying to, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a, a broad, we can point to it, we can describe it. And he's like trying to try to describe what a culture of evangelism is. Uh, would look like. Yeah. Right. And that's like culture is kind of almost like the air we breathe in a certain sort of way. We just, well, we, this is just what we do. This is who we are. And, uh, and uh, yeah, good. Uh, other thoughts before we jump into these kind of 10, uh, 10 aspects or descriptions of what he's thinking about with a culture of evangelism? <laughs> Questions, comments? Yeah. 
yeah, be encouraged by that and keep doing it, right? Keep loving people, because that's what he's talking about here, right? The idea of we're not just thinking programs, we're thinking people, right? How do we talk to people, engage people, um, love people, um, and then point them to Jesus, right? Um, really, in the whole biblical counseling training that we were doing the last couple of days, what was the, one of the key emphasis or goals of that? It's to point people to Jesus, right? Whether believer or unbeliever. Again, that goes back to the gospel life thing we were talking about. The gospel is not just for uh, your entryway into the Christian life. It's the soil into which you grow deeper roots. So we're, we're always talking about the gospel. We want to bring other people into that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, right? Because it's, you know, come be with us. Come learn with us. Uh, we're excited about this aspect of what we're seeing in God's Word, and we want to share that with you, you know, and absolutely. So there, there are strong elements of that. Yeah. All right, so then he goes through kind of descriptions. He's like, it's kind of hard to give a definition of culture because it, it's like this atmosphere in which we live, right? But then he describes... Uh, different in these, uh, actually 11, he says 10, but okay, I have to add on another one, but uh, he, uh, he gives descriptions. So the first one is, and what I'd like to do, we'll read the title, and then I would like someone to read the scripture. I appreciated that, that he tied each of these to a, uh, a scriptural idea. So first one is a culture motivated by love for Jesus and his gospel. So someone go ahead and read the scripture he's got quoted there on page 48. Yeah. So what's his thrust in this section um, when he's describing, here's, here's, a cool, here's a key aspect of a culture of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And uh, what Christ, we, that's our starting point, right? We love because he first loved us. Christ has loved us in such a degree, in such a way, that, man, I want others to experience that. And I want others to know that love. And I want to love in reflection of Christ's love for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. Any other thoughts on that kind of first section, what he's getting at? Uh, yeah, great verse. Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, we are controlled by the love of Christ, therefore we love others, right? That's back to some of the culture we see. It's, it's well done, yeah. Um, okay, two, he says, a culture that is confident in the gospel. Uh, someone go ahead and read the verse he's got there for that one. So what's his point in this kind of other aspect of a culture of evangelism? What's his point? Absolutely. What is our temptation? What does it look like for us to be tempted to be ashamed of the gospel? If we, if we start thinking, well, okay, you know, just, just kind of the open statement of the gospel, that's not going to do anything. What are we tempted to do as a church? Yeah, we wrap it up. We, we try to spruce it up, right? We try to make it look appealing, right? Entertaining. Um, 
attractive or kind of like a bait and switch sort of an idea sometimes, right? It's like, we'll win you with this, but then kind of, oh yeah, but the real reason, sometimes I feel like that some of the program stuff, uh, like even the basketball camp, it's like, we're doing basketball, come join us, right? And then we're kind of trying to sneak in, I mean, not that that was the motive at all. It wasn't like the motive to like sneak in the gospel, right? But but it's just that sort of sort of thing we have to guard against, right? Um, Right. 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 And you know, focusing on that verse, why should we be fo- why should we not be ashamed of the gospel? What does Paul say why we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel? It's the power of God, right? The the same power. And this is the amazing thing, the power that uh, called everything into existence, like his spoken word, right? Uh, and scripture uses that, that parallelism, right? That God created everything by the power of his word and he creates redemption, right? Regeneration uh, by the power of his word mediated through the message of the gospel, right? And so that's why we can, it's the open statement of the truth uh, because we know, okay, it's that message, it's that word that God is empowering to call forth faith, right? And that's why we don't have to be ashamed of it. All right, three, uh, a culture that understands um, the danger of entertainment. Um, and he then he, he quotes this section from uh, Ezekiel. And what was going on with Ezekiel? Yeah, Marianne. Yeah. Right. Changing. Yeah, exactly, right? So it's kind of the same thing that happens in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2 that Paul talks about, right? That the Corinthians were, they were, uh, they were attracted by the rhetoric, and that's what's going on with Ezekiel here. These folks, they would come, it's like, ooh, the prophet's speaking. Let's go hear the prophet. That's entertaining. And then, um, but they wouldn't change, right? They wouldn't, there was sort of a, in a um, not that Ezekiel was doing anything wrong, but uh, there's just this kind of warning against what are you being attracted by, right? Uh, there's this, uh, people say this, um, I, don't, I don't remember where I got this from, but people say this all the, the time, right? What you win them with is what you keep them with. What you win them with is what you keep them with. Yeah, Tony. thinking about how entertainment-driven our culture is. What are they, you know, as we speak and as we talk, what's really going on um, in their hearts? Yeah. That's why I'm actually very guarded when I would be situated where people present the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there can be ways we do that. Yeah, Eden.
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you went to First Corinthians uh, 1 and 2 because it's the same situation, right? Like that culture in that Greek culture, especially in Corinth, they're attracted by the rhetoric, the, the cleverness of speech. And Paul's coming in with like, here's the gospel. Here's the plain facts of the gospel. Here's the truth, right? He's not dressing it up. I mean, like he's not intentionally like, you know, making it, um, uh, he's not, he's not trying to cloak it or anything like that or try to uh, make it just kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, but he's, he's just, he, he says later in 2 Corinthians 4, right, but the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves in God's eyes, right? And what he points out in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2 is that the foolishness of the message, uh, that's how God's pleased to work. So it's foolishness to Greeks, and it's a stumbling block to Jews, and, but that's how God's pleased to work, right? So we, we, don't, we don't do the entertainment, we don't dress it up um, uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that's distracting, right, that's trying to ooh and awe people. We're trying to win people with the truth. Uh, and we, we rely on God's power um, to, to produce that. So, yeah. Okay, four, a culture that sees people clearly. Uh, and he says this, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Um, so what's his point? What does this mean? A culture that sees people clearly. Yeah, you see eternal souls. Susan, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. Yeah, see. Yeah, how does God see them? And uh, he kind of juxtaposes two ideas, right? What is the inherent value? What, what is Scripture's word for the inherent value that a hu any human being has? Image bearer, right? So everyone is an image bearer. Believer or unbeliever, they bear God's image, right? It's marred, the image is marred in an unbeliever, right? But they have an inherent dignity and worth. Everyone does because they're an image bearer. And then he, juxt uh, and then he juxtaposes it with this other idea, right? That at the same time, page 53, the very top, we recognize that every person is fallen, sinful, and separated from God. And you need both of those, right? To recognize everyone, um, uh, that, that every person you encounter is an image bearer. At the same time, they're fallen, right? And uh, we're fallen, but God had grace on us. We want to see him have grace on them, right? Um, those are key ideas. Any other thoughts on that section? Yeah. And you think about, like, God's compassion on people. We saw it a couple, no, last week. It was last week uh, in uh, Matthew uh, 5, the very end there, right? God has kindness, common grace on the just, on the unjust, on the good, and on the evil, right? Um, because they're his image bearers, right? There's a mercy there, and that mercy helps us to have mercy um, towards others, right? To love those around us. Uh, five, a culture that pulls together as one. Someone go ahead and read that Philippians passage right there. Right, so we're back to Philippians and even what Tony mentioned earlier, right? Like, this is part, um, the idea of culture that pulls together is a culture that is partnered. Uh, we are partnered uh, not uh, because of what Christ has done, because of the gospel. Uh, other, th um, 
know, just other uh, thoughts on this section, uh, things that stuck out, or things that you've seen, how this has even worked, um, uh, examples of how you've seen this work um, in the church before. Exactly, right? And that's that's exactly that culture at play, right? Where it's like, I don't have to, it's not just me and this person, it's not just like my my project, uh, but I'm, we're, Julie and I are aiming towards the same goal for this person, and uh, you, she sees bits and pieces from Brenda, she sees bits and pieces from Julie, she sees, sees bits and pieces from others, right? And that's the idea of how this works, right? And people are complicated. Um, and and God uses different things from different people to kind of pull the whole package together when he's working in that way, so. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Which flows uh, right into the next one in six, right? A culture in which people teach each other. Uh, someone go ahead and read those two verses. We talked about this last week, right? We, we, um, we, what is evangelism, right? It's uh, teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade, right? Um, so there's teaching involved. What's his point in six, though? He kind of broadens the idea a little bit. Um, what's, he, what's he talking about with a, a culture in which people teach one another? Mm -hmm. Yeah, being ready for the people you encounter. But then he goes even a little bit broader than that. He's not just talking about you interacting with unbelievers, although he is talking about that, right? He has talked about What's that? To one another. To one another. Yeah, what is some of the things, is, what does he mention, like if in a culture of evangelism, if we're all in this together, what would we teach one another to help us um, being proclaiming Jesus? How do we? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to our idea of gospel life, right? We need to be doing that anyway, because what's the root of our Christian life? It's the gospel, right? So we keep coming back to that. We're encouraging each other in that way, but at the same time, we're instructing one another, right, and helping one another. And there might even be key issues that's like, this person I was talking to brought up this thing, and I just never even thought about that. But, you know, I know someone else in the church uh, you know, I know Jim's thought about that before, so let me go up to Jim and, like, uh, can, Jim, can you help me understand this and talk with someone about this? Uh, it's that sort of an idea, right? We're reinforcing each other, yeah. Right. Yep. 
right. Another word for that is called discipleship. That's all, that's all it is, right? Like, it's not overly complicated, right? It is truth-based, uh, the scripture-based, but um, we're modeling it, we're doing it, we're doing it together. We're encouraging one another, we're teaching one another. Ephesians 4, I was just looking at Ephesians 4 this morning, building one another up in love. That's the work of ministry that the saints do, that um, building up the body in love, and really, um, that's what he's talking about. Okay, seven, a culture that models evangelism, which, again, just tag teams right off of what we were talking about. So what, uh, go ahead and read that verse, 2 Timothy uh, 2.2. 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what's this idea of a culture that models evangelism? What's he talk about? Right. 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 I know a few weeks ago, um, I think some of the younger men went out, but I think uh, I think Andre went out too, with um, just did some street evangelism, um, and um, and that's a I mean that's one way to do it, right? Is um, here you've got Andre who's been down the road quite a ways, right? Going with some of the younger men and just working together, right? And it's less intimidating when you're going together, um, and um, that's one way to do it, right? And to do that sort of modeling, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. And look for other men, you know, that, that are able to pass it on, right? So, uh, eight, a culture in which people who are sharing the faith are celebrated. And he quotes uh, Philippians 2 there, celebrating Timothy and what Timothy had been doing. Um, and really, this is this is one of the things... Uh, full disclosure, right, that I want, um, you know, us to be doing regularly, so that's what, what we're doing at the beginning before we jump into the book, right? Like, um, what, what, hearing stories of how God is working, uh, it, it's kind of doing two things. It is that modeling part of things that we were just talking about, hearing the story of, this is how I engage this person, this is what God did, um, and that's that's encouraging, um, and it helps us, it helps us say, yeah, uh, God really has, he's given me opportunities too, and I see how uh, it worked in this situation, and I can see how it could work in our situation, and it's the same God, right? That's, that's the key in both situations. God's working in both situations, uh, and that encourages us to hear, okay, God worked in this situation through this person and the opportunities they have. Um, I can see how that encourages me to work in uh, the situations I have. Um, other thoughts on that? Okay. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. That's a good point, right? Like, um, his point is, um, even if you feel like it didn't go well, right? We know what that feels like to have a conversation. It didn't go well. Even that, right? It's okay, right? Um, it, you're trying to do your level best. 
Uh, and again, who, who are we? Um, the key in evangelism, the key goal is n- the key goal is God's glory, the proclamation of the excellencies of God. Right? We do want to see that pe- person say we do, but even when the person rejects, right? Uh, and we've pro- ac- accurately proclaimed God. God is still honored, and God is still glorified. And that's a key thing to keep in mind. So that even if we things don't go well, like well, I did my level best. I depended on the Lord, and God was still honored in that. God was still honored. I want to do better next time. If there's, you know, if, if it was my fault, I didn't know something, or I could have been better. You know, there's there's that aspect to it. But well, it's not always about conversation. Exactly. You know, I, some of the best conversations I've had in my life have been with somebody who's uncomfortable. Right. And that's kind of that aspect where sometimes if we focused on, let's say, even a, a, a gospel method, that there's nothing wrong with that. Like, okay, um, but you can get so focused on, I need to get through these four points, or I need to get through this, or, or I need to seal the deal in this this one conversation. And like Rachel's saying, like, no, uh, you you do what you can in the conversation, right? Um, and uh, you, and then it's hopefully it's not over, right? And you're able to come back to it. So. Right. 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 Or the means, right? God, God not only gives us purpose, but He gives us means, right? Your, our command is to proclaim the gospel. He's also told us, "Here's the means by which you do that that honors Me." Open statement of the truth. Um, so, uh, okay, let's let's see these last couple. Uh, a culture that knows how to affirm and celebrate um, life. So, what's his point in this section? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Julie. Yeah, and that's a, it's the step of faith, right, to trust that 
this is what God's called me to do. Uh, it's scary, but um, it's not. Here's the thing that gives you courage, right? Remembering it's not just you. It's um, This is what God's called me to do. He's here in the situation. I'm praying, and I'm depending, right? I'm depending, and I might not do it perfectly, uh, but I'm going to launch. Yeah. Right. Right, and there's that that relationship aspect where you're loving the person, you're speaking truth, you're loving the person, and so they know, and uh, you know they can come to you and talk to you in that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if the, we do see someone, you know, and this is what he's talking about in a nine, right? Like, we do see someone come to the Lord. I like the example he gave with kind of the, the pastor interviewing the, the fellow. And really, this happens for us a, a large measure in um, membership slash baptism kind of interviews. But trying to discern, uh, okay, do you know the Lord? Okay, yeah, you're, you, you, you're, you, you understand the gospel. You're professing the right gospel. It seems like you're living the right gospel. Uh, there's kind of a wait and see kind of aspect, right? Because, um, you know, we, we're in it for the long haul. It goes back to perseverance, right? There is an aspect of perseverance. But we're joyful. Uh, back to what Jim said earlier. We're joyful in seeing what God is uh, doing in people's lives. I'm going to summarize the last couple just so we can kind of finish up and um, move on for the morning. Uh, number 10, a culture doing ministry that feels risky and is dangerous. I kind of like that um, in the sense that he's, he's talking about, kind of, I think of it like this, thinking outside the box. What would it look like to um, engage, and he's, you know, gives some examples, um, even from Portland, um, of what would it look like to try to engage uh, the culture, engage individuals, uh, do something that's like, let's try this and see if it works, right? Again, depending on the Lord to to bless those things. That's something that we, I think, uh, John Piper wrote a little book called Risk is Right. Um, and I, I like the, uh, it's short, it's pretty short, but it gives a good principle, right? That if we understand the mission and we understand what we've been given, and we understand our security in Christ, then there's a lot of freedom and a lot of freedom to, Again, we've been given a directive. We haven't been given all of the, well, how do you do that, right? That's where the kind of creativity um, and the, the thoughtfulness and the experimentation and the risk uh, comes in, right? And, uh, and so, sometimes we do things, oh, that didn't seem to work. But we try something else, and we depend upon the Lord for that. Uh, Eleven, we sneak, snuck in a, an eleventh in there. Uh, a culture that understands that the church is the chosen and best method of evangelism. Now, he's going to elaborate on this in the next chapter, but this is part of um, just something that we need to keep talking about, especially in our culture, where the church as a whole, as an organization, gathering on a Sunday, and not just that, but the life of the body through the week, uh, the display of that is important, and what we do is important. Uh, Paul talks about 1 Corinthians 14, an unbeliever coming into a gathering and being like, God's here, God's here, right? And so he's really trying to build that idea of the corporate, uh, that it's not just the individual encounter, but it's also the, the church itself uh, as a whole and what it does as a whole in being um, a key tool for evangelism. And he'll he'll take us there next week and explore a little bit more in chapter three. So, uh, any final thoughts before we close in prayer?
Yeah. Let's pray to that end. Father, we do ask that uh, we would see your love for us, that we would enjoy the gospel more, Lord, that we might um, do exactly what Steve is talking about, just have the hunger, the desire, your heart uh, for people, uh, your desire to see people saved. Um, Lord, we ask for this week, um, Lord, we ask for this week specifically that in our lives where you've sovereignly placed us, um, the people that are there, the people we just just happen to encounter, Lord God, um, to see them as people and, Lord, to desire that they should know how great and how awesome you are. Um, we pray that you would work. We pray that you would work this week um, and that you would give us um, opportunities, doors for the gospel. We ask now for the gathering of your people um, that um, we pray that uh, it would honor you and uh, that it would be mutually encouraging and um, uh, also challenging to those who maybe do not know you who are amongst us this morning. We ask these things and pray them in your name. Amen.